You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Imagine that, Daniel. The one guest that we finally have on the show, and you're not here. Of course. Welcome back, Daniel. Today, Corey's off. He's got a new adventure, closing on a house. That's all I'll say about that. And uh, he's off celebrating with his wife. Daniel, you missed a hell of a show. Were you able to listen? I have not yet. Sorry. What an absolute bot. I cannot believe that. I have listened to every show, including ones I have not been in, the day it drops, but I was super busy on Thursday last week, and I, I just haven't caught back up. So I'm behind on podcasts. Sorry. That's but okay. I will get it. That's okay. Last week, we were lucky enough to have Rich Dotson of the Dynasty Nerds. This week, there's no guest, just me and Daniel. Corey's off. already said that. Um, we do have more guests in the pipeline. Uh, some, you'll, some you might know. Some you definitely will not know. But it's, it's going to be fun no matter what. And as we do these divisional breakdowns, I'm looking forward to getting guests who have some kind of loyalty with at least one of the teams in the division. And I feel like that's going to make it a lot more fun. So that's, that's what we're working on. But one thing that we did recently that was a lot of fun, the game that we played, I don't know how much fun it's going to be today with there just being, you know, each of us, there's only one person on the other side of here, but the game that we played where Daniel gave us clues to a player and we had to buzz in to figure out who that player was, I thought that was a lot of fun. So I thought, why don't we do it again? It was a fan favorite. It was I a heard. fan favorite. Yeah. People yeah. seem to really appreciate that. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to be as much fun without there being two. So I would say, let's, let's make a rule. Rapid reaction. You get less than five seconds to answer between, between, uh, between clues. Yeah. Okay. No drawn out, trying to think it out less than, less than five seconds. And how many players do you have? I have two. I have two also. So that right. works. Why don't you go first? Okay. Ready? Yes. Go. Um, so my first guy, I, so I wrote down these, uh, these stats here. I'm going to put them in order real quick for me. I have been in the league six years and I am 29 years old. It's kind of a different one. Not, no, I don't expect you to get it on that. Mike Evans. No, I'm at Mike Williams. <laughs> no, <laughs> Mike Williams is, uh, He's under his fifth-year option. Oh, my God. I didn't played, realize he that. He played six years yet. Yeah. I feel like he's been here forever. Yes. Okay. Um, I was a second-round draft pick, and the sixth wide receiver taken in 2016, but have more than double the reception yards than everyone taken ahead of me. Adam Thielen. Nope. Oh, Okay. I have dropped just 2.76% of my career targets and set an NFL record for catching 85% of my targets in 2018. Is it DeAndre Hopkins? No, yes. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> it's not Larry Fitzgerald, right? You're, you, you're not cheating here, correct? No, no. Okay, okay, okay. No. <clears throat> um, I set an NFL record with... 321 catches through the first three years of my career. Come on, man. 
This is good stuff. This is good stuff, but I'm not going to get this. Your first three years was six years ago. I'm breaking my rule. I don't care. First three, three years ago. Three years in. Oh. Son of a bitch. You're going to, I. All right, next clue. <clears throat> I have gone over a thousand yards four times, but have never had double digit touchdowns in a season. Is it Allen Robinson? Nope. Oh my God. What is it? Last, uh, well, second to last clue. I have been the wide receiver one overall in fantasy football. I feel like this has got to be a setup. Six years in the league, been a wide receiver. Did you say how many times or just you have been? He has been. Okay. Um, The wide receiver one overall finish. Never never multiple, never double digit touchdowns. Uh, uh, I can't get it. I can't figure it out. Last, last clue. You'll get it on this one. I think. My first four seasons, I only missed one game, but I have missed 26 in the last two years. Is it Keenan Allen? No. God damn it. I can't figure it out. Stumped him. Who was it? You ready? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Thomas. No way. (laughs) Okay, so I guess I've got to go now. The forgotten man. Mine are much easier than yours. You ready? Yep. In 2018, I had the most single season receptions ever for my team. Is it Michael Thomas? It's Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I also had I set the NFL record no, for, so much worse for the most for the profit. most receptions in the first 3 seasons of any player in history. The, oh, uh, I even had the nephew of NFL wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson. Oh. <laughs> wow. What an absolute shit show. After holding out from training camp in 2019, I signed a five-year deal with $100 million. I, I mean, I gave you so much easier clues. Oh, God, that is so much funnier that you missed it. It's not that funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's not that funny. I don't, know, I don't know why you think it's that funny. I played 39 oh. games for Ohio State Buckeyes, totaling 113 receptions for 1602 yards and 18 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Put yeah. slammed it on that. Yeah. Pretty sure you also went All to right. a military school. But anyway, I cannot believe that. Okay. That is so I'm going to go again since we both had Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah. That, that is so funny. Coming out of high school. New, new, new player. Okay, new player. Okay. Coming out of high school. I was the number 24 ranked running back in the country and New Jersey's number eight overall high school football recruit. Okay, next. You have to guess. Oh, God. I, I have no clue about that. Well, you have, uh, to, you have to guess. Saquon Barkley. Wrong. I became the first player in FBS history to rush for 6,000 yards in just three college football seasons. Ezekiel Elliott. Wrong. I was Ooh. named Big Ten running back of the year twice. And Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Hold on. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. There you go. Gosh. Thought that. Oh, it's a good thing I guessed Zeke on that previous one. I hope you have Jonathan Taylor. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 24th? Is that what you said? Coming out of high school? Number 24 ranked running back in the country. Yeah. Man. 
the dude just a track athlete. I wonder how uh, he didn't play track. Rank solo. Um, I th- yeah, he did. Well, I think I saw that he didn't until real late, like until Wisconsin or just like, like late in Wisconsin. I'll, I'll look it up, but go ahead and start yours. I looked that up because I was shocked. I think it was really late. Okay. Um. <clears throat> I had. Oh wow! Five. Catch- I was way off. I didn't actually read the content. I read the headline. Didn't run track until a sophomore year of high school. So fuck me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, still, I mean, it makes it even more confusing that he was ranked that low uh, as far as running back coming into the country. But whatever. Sure. Um. I had five catches for eighty-two yards and two touchdowns in this year's Pro Bowl. Say that one more time. Five for 82 and two in this year's Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. Tyreek Hill. Nope. Okay. I've only had a thousand yards once and 10 touchdowns once in separate years in my career. I mean, I don't expect you to get it on that, so I could just keep going if you want. Yeah, why don't you just go ahead and keep on going? Here's your first clue about position, by the way. I wasn't even the first tight end drafted by my team in the draft the year I was taken. Travis Kelsey. Nope. I know who it is, but keep going. You think you don't? I think I know who it is, but I I can't. I already guessed and I got it wrong, so. All right. I am known for having type 1 diabetes there it and is. often have to take insulin shots during games. Mark Andrews. There it is. Yeah. Yep. yeah, as, yeah, yeah. as soon as I said Kelsey, I thought, wait a minute. I thought the 1,000 yards once and 10 touchdowns once might throw you off because I, I feel like I was surprised by that stat. Yeah, that is kind of surprising when you really, really think about it. Yeah, he had like he had a 700-yard season, 800-yard season, and then he caught nine touchdowns last year, actually, Although, in my last my last one was finished tight end one last year. I will but say yeah, he's only caught 10. If once. I, if I had been thinking critically, I would have said Andrews instead of Kelsey because of the thousand yard stat. Um, yeah, right. Kelsey's done in like, yeah, Kelsey does years. it literally every year. So obviously I just wasn't, I think the pressure got to me there. I think there's no yeah. other way around it. The next, uh, the next clue was Baker Mayfield was my college quarterback. I wouldn't have got that. That wouldn't help me at all. Should have had that one. Yep. I should have let it down. Yep, never. That wouldn't help me one bit. Well, there's yeah. there's the exercise. It was fun. Yeah, fun. We'll uh, we'll have more fun with it when Corey gets back too. Somebody else that's going to have a lot more fun. What a transition. Tua Tagalovia, Tagalov, Tagala, Tungalavoya, Tung. Tua, say his name. Tungavailoa. Tungavailoa is about to have a whole lot more fun in Miami. Or if you are, um, what's his name, Joe Buck, it's Tungo Viola. Tungo Viola. <laughs> Viola. Robert Sala. He says it wrong every time. Sala? 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 Sala. Sala? Yeah. He's going to have a lot more fun in New York. New Jersey? Are they in New Jersey? They're not in New York. They're in New Jersey. Technically New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Giants and Jets play New Jersey. So here we go. Let's do an AFC East deep dive and take it over, Daniel. Let's start with... Let's start with the addition of, let's start with the offensive weapons that Miami has bolstered around Tua. 
there are two camps that we're hearing a lot this offseason. One is that Tua is the guy and that they are uh, shoring up all the things that needed done for him to be successful with his skill set. Another camp says this is Tua's last stand and they're making it so that there's no excuse for him not to succeed. What are, what are, where do you stand? Second one. Um, this is the, this is the prove it year. And I could easily see like, you know, we joke with, uh, sorry, not Tony. We joke with Corey about how he's like a huge Tua fan, but this could very easily be do or die for Tua, meaning they could easily replace him next year in the draft. If they, if he doesn't come through, I mean, Corey wouldn't take my shot bet of like 30 touchdowns. I mean, I, in my opinion, if Tua doesn't throw and rush for 30 combined touchdowns and get this team to the playoffs, and they were only like one win away from the playoffs last year, that, that he's done. Um, it's, it's all on Tua. And you talked about the pieces around him. They, they have really surrounded him. They went all in and added maybe what they thought was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, it's arguable every single year in Tyreek Hill. Um, they already had... Jalen Waddle from last year, and we mentioned a couple shows ago that he was setting rookie records for receptions. Really, really solid wide receiver. We were actually comparing in the pre-draft shows Jalen Waddle to Tyreek Hill, so that'll be pretty interesting how they how they kind of fit in the mix there. But um, <clears throat> they traded away, um, space his name, Devontae Parker. Uh, this offseason, I think that will give a couple guys like Cedric Wilson, a guy they added this year, Preston Williams, a guy they brought back on. Um, we'll kind of see who who ends up being that that wide receiver three there in that that offense. Um, it's actually going to be Mike Gesicki um, will be the wide receiver three, but um, they have a couple pretty good tight ends um, in Gesicki and Durham Smythe. Um, but the running back room, too, I feel like is, has had a pretty good improvement. It's kind of sneaky. Because um, they still have Miles Gaskin, but he is he is all but just depth at this point. And I think whoever has Miles Gaskin in fantasy right now, in Dynasty League should trade him away ASAP because he is D-U-N, <laughs> done. Because um, they added Chase Edmonds this offseason, who is a pass-catching specialist. Um, you know, the, the new coach, Mike McDaniel, he... Um, he, he coached for San Francisco, and they brought in Raheem Mostert. Um, so they're going to definitely try him out. And then Sony Michelle from the Rams. So they have brought in so many of these pieces um, all around him. Good offensive line, good tight ends, good wide receivers. It is all on Tua. And I told you guys last year that I was super pumped about this defense too. This is a very underrated defense um, in Miami. But uh, I think – you know, as excited as I am, we'll kind of get into it about the Jets uh, draft class this year. Uh, the Patriots might be, might end up being the worst team in this division. That's wild. Um, but I know it's crazy. But uh, but I'm I'm pretty excited about the Dolphins. The Dolphins may 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 stick it to the Bills here in this in this division and try to compete for a pretty high playoff spot. You know, it but wasn't you, it wasn't that. Go ahead. Were you gonna ask a question? No, I was gonna ask you if you're more excited about the Dolphins than, I guess, change year over year than any team in this division. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, it wasn't very long ago that we started getting excited about the Dolphins again. And I, I, I'm i thinking of the year, it wasn't last year, I think it was the year before, where they kept playing, um, what's that game you play where the music goes and you walk around the chairs 
and the music stopped. Musical chairs. Yeah, with the quarterback. It was Tua and Fitzpatrick. Like, maybe I'm not painting the oh, right picture. Oh, that was awful. No, that was that was really bad. But it they were winning like, games. Like, they were yeah, winning Fitzpatrick, games. Fitzpatrick, they were, what, four and one or something? And they're like, yeah, it's Tua time. Yeah. And, and then, then Tua started to struggle, and then they benched him? I mean, yeah, as soon as he like, struggled. what are you doing? Well, yeah. and, but they made the push to make it into the play. I don't think they made it into the playoffs. I think they lost to the Bills the last game of that of that season. We talked about this a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Um, but that was an exciting team. And you got to remember that the Dolphins, not very long ago, the Dolphins were just doo-doo. I mean, they were bad. Not very long ago at all. Uh, yeah. The, the laughingstock of that division, really. I mean, the Jets, the Jets have, have been, been yeah. bad for a long time. <laughs> they, but but it, but you kind of just expect the Jets to be bad, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're kind of like a team that are just like in that. the NFL. <laughs> well, it's got to be 32, right? Yeah. They're W's for other teams. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, no, I think that um, I think that Miami has has pushed the chips in, and they are making a real run at this division. I think they've done a good job of putting pouring fuel on the fire as we as we watch things in New England potentially start to uh, fizzle out. Uh, it wasn't very long ago I was talking with Garrett Price, and he thought that it was it was the end. What did the What did the Patriots do last year? What let me, let's look at that, that record real quick. I mean, we all talked about Mac Jones, and Mac Jones did fine. Mac Jones was fantastic. Um, but with I don't know about fantastic. He was better than we expected, and I think that kind of carried our um, notion that he had a much better year than he actually did. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think he way outperformed expectations. And I'm not looking at a total. They won more games than they lost. They lost to Dallas. They he, lost he to Tampa Bay. He did a lot Bay. better than I thought he would do. They honestly. lost to New Orleans and to Miami. Miami, mm-hmm. who lost to the Colts, lost to Buffalo, lost to Miami again, got swept by Miami. And they beat all the bad teams. I don't know what it's going to look like now that McDaniels is out of town. And we were talking before the show. We don't need to go into this too far. Um, but with, my, with McDaniels being gone, Bill Belichick's been more Bill Belichick than ever before. I've been hearing, I've been hearing him not be real straightforward with who's going to be making the play calls. He he's always that way about the players, right? With the, with the people on the field, he, you never he never tells you anything. But now he's not telling you anything about his coaching staff either, and it's this weird secretive um, shroud that he's like putting over the entire organization. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I. Feel like Bill Belichick's back maybe against the wall for the first time ever. He's not going anywhere. They're never going to run him out of town, right? Like Bill Belichick will retire. Uh, he could play, he could coach another 10 years and never win their football game. I'm exaggerating, but I mean, seriously, they're never going to run him out of town, right? He's going to, he's going to, he, I know that he will step down uh, before that happens. And I, I really feel like maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm looking too far into this, but I feel like. Bill sees that the writing is on the wall and something does have to, has to change. And maybe he has to go back to some of his old ways and, um, and try to take control of this team in a new way that he hasn't had to do for a very long time. I know that he's been involved in everything, but has he really been, I don't know. Tell me, what do you, how do you feel about all this? He has been, uh, I am actually, I was kind of on your, your side with that. I thought as soon as Tom left, like officially left, that it was like the beginning of the end for Bill, but he 
kept going to the media and trying to squash that. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm coaching, you know, this is, this is what I do. This is, I, I can't not do it. And I'm going to coach for years. And it's just kind of weird uh, that vibe. Cause I feel like he's just at any moment he could retire and we wouldn't really bat an eye. We wouldn't blame him. And it would be like, you know, okay, well that was probably the greatest coach. You know, one of the greatest coaches that ever lived. He's the greatest but, coach that ever coached as of right yeah, now. I mean, I mean, he is. As far as wins, you can't debate it. So, um, and God, Super Bowls, Jesus. But, you know, this team, out of all the teams in the division, is the most concerning to me. Um, and that that's a division that includes the Jets. <laughs> I, I really like what the Jets have been doing the last couple drafts. But, um, yeah, if you look at their, like, offseason moves, I wrote down a couple of them here. I mean, they brought back Malcolm Butler, who technically was, like, I think he was sitting out a year, I think is what happened, but he hasn't even played football recently. Um, you know, and that's after they lost um, Stefan Gilmore, you know, last year. I think it was last year that they, they got rid of him in the midseason, maybe right. the year before. But yeah. um, No, you're right. It was the Panthers. He was with the Panthers last year. Yeah. I think the best part about this team might be kind of their sneaky offensive line now. Um, which could really help Mac Jones' development and also their 54 running backs that they have on their team. But um, they did go out and grab Trent Brown, who was the most coveted free agent basically on a lot of people's lists because he was the best, you know, offensive tackle. It's not very often that, you know, offensive tackles of that caliber hit free agency, but they went and grabbed him. Um, they they have had Isaiah Wynn on their roster. He he just kind of struggled to stay healthy, but is a really, really good athlete. And then they took Cole Strange this year in the first round. You know, say what you want about that pick. They're still just devoting their, you know, their roster to that offensive line. And I, I you have to assume that has to do with Mac Jones there. But, um, yeah, their wide receivers are just not very, not very strong. And I think they're going to try and make it up with their tight end play. Um, they went out and grabbed Johnny Smith. Um, and Hunter Henry last year um, in free agency, and we talked about that a lot. But then Jonu Smith got hurt, and then their offense just didn't click as well. Um, he's a really, really good athlete. But, yeah, these guys like Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar and Nikhil Harry, they're, they're just they're roster fodder to me. Um, you know, And they traded for Devontae Parker, so they know they have an issue. But their best offensive playmaker, arguably, is Jacoby Myers. You know, outside of guys that have a bunch of flash, like Ramondre Stevenson, who might get the ball a lot more. Um, but, yeah, they drafted Tyquan Thornton because they knew they needed speed um, in the second round. A wide receiver out of Baylor, the fastest guy um, in this year's combine. And then, you know, just kind of random guys after that. They drafted, get this, they drafted two running backs in the draft this year. Can you think of a team that needed right. running backs less than no. the Patriots? No. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where we'll just be confused until it's halfway through the year and we're like, holy crap, it's happening on this roster and we don't know how. Well, and that's what I was about to coaching. say. That's what I was about to say. And, you know, we look at the running backs that they didn't need. Two of the two running backs were running backs we were talking about pre-draft. We talked about five, right? Or six. <laughs> yeah. Two yeah, of your them. boy. Your boy, Pierre Strong. Oh, they drafted him. My boy. <laughs> He's not my boy. He was on your hate list. A lot of people liked Pierre Strong. I did not. I know. I yeah. personally think that he's a slug. But Bill Belichick knows more about football than me, and so um, I'm sure that he's just going to make me look like an idiot. And watch, Pierre Strong will be the leading running back of this fucking team. 
Uh huh. Actually, there's a lot of talk. I don't know if you have have heard yet, but the guy that they took in the sixth round, his name is Kevin Harris, out of South Carolina. He's 5'10", 225, and has a lot of good traits. Um, but obviously, a sixth round pick, there's you know virtually no commitment there. He could he could easily just get cut. But he people are talking about him as being like the sneaky RB one by the end of the year for the Patriots. Cause we have no clue what's going to happen. We don't, but know. we're also assuming that Damian Harris, this is his last year in new England because what they've done with Ramondre Stevenson, who can take a full workload for sure. And then they, I guess they really like this Kevin Harris guy. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he did, he did really well um, in college. I'm sitting here reading some of his, uh, some of his stats, all SEC running back. I mean, that's that's pretty good stuff. Um, anytime you're in the SEC and getting um, honors like that, so he's pretty good. Yeah, he is good, and you kind of nailed it before. We might look up. I mean, this thing could work. Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Devontae Parker, a couple of running backs back there. I mean, you're giving Mac Jones all the time that he needs <laughs> to throw a f- seven or eight yard pass. Right? That's what they says how this game is won. Right. It's like in college basketball when you have Coach K with a with five above average guys and no superstars, but they still, you know, compete and win championships and are in it every year, but they don't have superstars. And I'll tell That's you how I feel the Patriots are. You just nailed it because I'm looking at this roster. There's nobody on this list that's gonna have an ego problem, that's gonna have demands for more than the rest than the better of the team. You know what I mean? There's no um, superstar. There's no other way for you to say that. With the superstar, there's a lot of good things, but there's some there's some pretty bad things, you know. There's some things that come with the, being a superstar that's not great for your team, and especially in football. In basketball, there's only seven. How many players are on the, on the court in basketball? Seven, six, five? Five. Five. Five each. Five starting. Yeah, I mean, a couple of superstars there makes a huge difference. But in football, it doesn't really work that way. It just doesn't. Yeah, there's too many guys. <clears throat> you need a team. You do need a team. And you're right. We're going to look up potentially and feel like absolute idiots for saying that the Patriots could be the worst team in the division. I, <laughs> I still feel like they could be. Um, or we will look like geniuses, but don't write it down. We'll look like geniuses. <laughs> so you've got the Jets rising. I, please tell me they're the third best team in the division in your eyes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, for sure. And and they could... <clears throat> I, I, it scares me to even mention this. We could look up if everyone plays to their potential and Zach Wilson takes that, that leap like he is supposed to and turns into the quarterback that he was in college. We could look up and the Jets are in second place in this division by the end of the year. I, I'm just not a, not a huge believer in Tua enough to say that the Dolphins are for sure the number two. But what they did in this year's draft, they absolutely killed it. I love every single one of their picks, all the way down to the very deep bottom. And then they, they acquired some really good guys, too, in the offseason. Um, I was looking at uh, just Jets additions. Joe Flacco. And, oh, solid Stonewall Jackson back there at, at backup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Calvin Jackson, no. who for a second, I thought it was Calvin Johnson because my screen was kind of small. I about shit myself. <laughs> I thought, how did I miss that? Yeah. But in the draft, 
you know, they needed to surround Zach Wilson with a little bit more, and uh, he, he got it all. So in the draft, they took Garrett Wilson, and then they took Ahmad Gardner, which is the best cornerback in this draft. I don't care that Stingley went first over over Gardner, but um, Sauce is his nickname. So Sauce Gardner, the best cornerback in the draft, and he's going to be, you know, his trajectory is like a Jalen Ramsey, you know, type, type archetype. So, um, and then they got Brees Hall in the second round, which is – the best running back in this in this class. Sorry, Corey, if you're listening, Kenneth Walker is not better than Brees Hall. <clears throat> and then they stole Jermaine Johnson, um, you know, edge rusher. And then they took Jeremy Rucker later um, at tight end. Even though they, <clears throat> sorry, they signed um, C.J. Uzama uh, and Tyler Conklin at tight end. So they have a full tight end room, some veterans and. Jeremy Ruckert is a is a good good prospect that I think will pro- probably know the name by the end of the year, um, but they have just surrounded Zach Wilson and they did a good job revamping this offensive line too, um, especially last year when they traded back up in the first um, to take out of USC Elijah Vera Tucker who is kind of like a combo guy so if somebody gets hurt he could easily switch around, but I think the Jets are just going to be so sneaky exciting uh, this year because I really. It's too bad that Zach Wilson kind of had a bad first year, but he he made some killer killer throws last year that went under the under the radar because he's on the Jets. But um, and he was hurt. Mike White took over, and he was kind of the new sensation since he was a rookie too. And everyone was like, yeah. "We'll just replace Zach Wilson for Mike White," and that would solve all of our problems. Yeah, but Zach Wilson, if he if he takes a leap. I think this Jets team could be could be really really sneaky with the offensive playmakers that they have on this team now. Even if they're not sneaky, and even if we're wrong, right? Even if we're wrong and the Jets are still the Jets, they're rebuilding. Like this is a legit, they deserve attention at this point. They are no longer the toilet paper of the NFL. I don't believe they can be. Like I think that's impossible. You you must you always have to respect every team in the league, right? Blah 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 blah. You got to respect yeah. everybody. But mm-hmm. seriously, though, I mean, this is a team that is in an actual rebuild, and they're doing it effectively. I don't know. I don't have, a, have the number of picks they had in front of me, but I know it was an absolute shitload. And it wouldn't shock me to find out that they've got a whole bunch more in the pipeline for next year. I, I do like the idea of Zach Wilson, but if they lose and they fall, and they're one of the worst teams in the league, why not trade Zach Wilson to one of the teams that wanted to fall and didn't fall, like um, Seattle? Uh, let's see, the Lions, they think they can win games without a real quarterback, right? They've got to play Jared Goff for another year because of his contract. I don't know. I think Zach Wilson, <clears throat> this is interesting to me because I think Zach Wilson can play himself. He can play well enough to get himself to a different team. That's what I'm trying to say. Well enough to get to a different team and bad enough that the Jets can get into these early quarterback picks. I really think that could still happen. Does that make Is that crazy? Is that a hot take? No. Because we just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. <clears throat> but Robert Sala is a defensive guy, and and he he loves his defense. But I mean, listen to some of these names just on the on the defense that I know you will know. Um, here we go. Sorry, I lost my I lost my place. Uh, Carl Lawson, Solomon Thomas, yep, uh, Sheldon Rankins, and then they drafted Quinnen Williams, who still I think is one of the best. Um, you know, interior defensive lineman in the league, LaMarcus Joyner, Jordan Whitehead. I mean, these guys, he's just like corralling kind of the guys that 
people don't want to pay and they've kind of just exhausted on their own teams. And then listen to the offensive line. I mean, this is just, these are just the guards, Dan Feeney, uh, Connor McGovern. Um, and of course, Elijah Vera Tucker, and then, uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, that, that, uh, chiefs guard, um, that sat out, uh, for COVID that they, that they released, um, who was pretty good. Oh, I forgot about CJ Mosley. Yeah, yeah, um, I saw Mosley. Too. Yeah, I almost, I almost said his name out loud, but it, it wasn't quite as impressive as some of the others, so I didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they still have Mackay Becton um, at left tackle. So I, I think, like you said, this is a rebuild team, and we're not like expecting them to do anything, which is exactly what they want. Sure. Um, by the, by the way, totally forgot about my favorite wide receiver, um, maybe in this whole division, is Elijah Moore. Um, absolute stud playmaker. Uh, but yeah, Corey Davis is still on the roster. Denzel Mims, which RIP, God, loved him coming out of Baylor. He is nothing. So much. <laughs> I mean, they, he can't even get on the field. God. But yeah, they have so many playmakers on this team that I, it, it'll be, it'll be fun to see them. They, cause they have nothing to lose. Like you said, they're in a rebuild and they know it. They may not know it, actually. They're just trying to win games. Oh, they know but it. They have to know it. Are you kidding me? I, I don't know. I mean, it's a new coach, and you don't know what he's telling them. Like, guys, we're not in a rebuild. Like, you know, Pete okay. Carroll okay. telling everybody they're not in a rebuild. Okay. <laughs> what a joke. Sure. If, you know, if so. he comes into the locker room and says they're not in a rebuild, then he's lost the locker room day one. Like, that's delusional. Well, look at all the play. If I was the coach of this team at this point, and I was looking at all the players I have now on this team, I would say, guys, the rebuild is over. It's time. I get it. Okay, okay, okay. But I think they're going to be more exciting than what people think. Love what they did. But then we have the powerhouse (laughs) team in the the division, the Buffalo Bills, who don't seem like they can be stopped. I mean, is there a better quarterback in the league than Josh Allen right now? Um, I mean, he's really good. I mean, potentially like Justin Herbert. I mean, Tom Brady, is, is he not still... Is he not Tom still? Brady today versus Josh Allen today? Oh no! Okay, I'm I'm trying to think here. I'm really trying to think. I only I'm only saying that because uh, Mahomes is as, as good as good, right? Mahomes is up. There. It's got to be like Mahomes and Herbert, and then Herbert. Maybe that's there it. we go. You found one, Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. Yeah, Matt Ryan. He's no oh, Tony. Okay, okay. <laughs> we almost made it through the show without talking about the Colts. Almost. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. No, he is. Yeah. He is. If he's not one, he's two. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute stud. And I could see him winning multiple MVPs by the time he is done. Um, but what do you think about the Bills? You think they're going to do it again this year? You think they're going to be up there and then, you know, try to potentially make the AFC championship and actually do it this time? I think the Bills are a team that's been kind of boring this offseason, but. I agree. We mentioned, I think we mentioned last week that they've been consistent. They've made changes where they had to. There were no splash plays. Uh, Jameson Crowder came in while Cole Beasley left. They're the same guy, by the way, like the same player. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the moves that they have done has been that, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to think of a comparison. I can't think of one at the moment, but it's not been exciting. But I still believe, I've said for four years now, that Stefan Diggs is the best route runner in football. And I still believe it's true. And Josh Allen, I remember there was a time 
where his his accuracy, am I wrong? His accuracy, his deep ball accuracy was a big concern. Every, yeah, everywhere on the field was yeah. a concern, especially coming out of college. Everyone killed him for his accuracy, and then he had a horrible rookie year. He did, yeah. But then it was like, boom. Flip, you know, switch flipped. I, I don't know, you know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant now. I've been burned a couple times. I remember talking about Kansas City being another dominant elite dynasty. This isn't about Kansas City. But I remember they won a Super Bowl. I think the following year they made it to an AFC championship game. Maybe they won it even and then lost a Super Bowl. I'm trying to figure out the way that mapped out in my head, but I'm hesitant to say that the Bills are the best team in the AFC again and again, perennially, and that they will continue to be. But I kind of do There's believe There's so many it. good teams. It's but really I, hard. But I do believe it a little bit. Like, right? A little bit of me in my gut's like, dude, this is the best team in football right now. Am I crazy? No. I mean, they look like it last year, and they were basically a coin. They were a coin flip away from making the AFC championship game. Yeah. You know, if they would have got the ball first in that Chiefs-Bills showdown, they would have they would have won. Was that not one of the greatest games you've ever seen, though? That really was. And actually, currently, right now, um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are teammates in Capital One's The Match. They're golfing against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers right now in Vegas. I was watching that before I came onto this. Oh, I'm missing it. I forgot about it. Yeah, but that, that was kind of cool to see Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And they've mentioned it a couple times. You know, their, their matchups over yeah. the over the last couple of years and how they know they're going to have more. I've been seeing a lot of chirping from them. Everybody's been chirping. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, but yeah, going going back to what you said, I, you know, Stephon Diggs, he just re-signed, you know, one of the best deals that he could have possibly re-signed because I, for whatever reason, he hasn't really shown it the last couple of years, but I feel like he's starting the end of his career. I'm sure that may be a super hot take. It's not that hot. Like, it's just the. I think he's. I think he's really going to start declining. Well, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not this year, but like, I think it's really on the horizon. So I know Gabriel Davis. I know they really like him, and God, he had one heck of a play in that playoff game. He had over 200 yards. I remember that. Four touchdowns. From memory. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, the dude blew up. In a game they needed basically everyone on the team to step up, and Gabe Davis did it. So I think we have a star maybe on the horizon. You know, he'll still have to prove it. I don't know. I don't know who he is um, yet. You know, maybe he is. Maybe he's a flash in the pan, a couple of flashes. But I, he's looked good enough that I, I think he can he, he can do it. Um, but, yeah, it's, he's coming into his – I think he's finished his third year. If from memory, maybe he's played three years, right around that time that he – I feel like he is going to have to break out for this team to hit that next level of keeping that offense where where it has been. Because I, I think Stephon Diggs, we're going to start to see a decline here. So that's the only thing I worry about. Um, you know, they drafted Khalil Shakir out of Boise State in, in, the, in the draft, but they haven't really addressed, you know, other than what you're talking about, the literal same exact switch of Cole Beasley, Jameson Crowder, um, then they have, you know, I was looking at the tight end room, and actually it's kind of not that bad. O.J. Howard, I forgot they grabbed him. Um, he could be super sneaky. Could and be. then they, yeah, and they, they have Tommy Sweeney. I know they, they liked him uh, from a few years ago, but um, they they picked up Jalen Weidermeyer, who I mentioned out of Texas A&M. 
Um, and then Dawson Knox, he did really well last year. So, you know, some guys are going to have to step up. This can't just be Josh Allen carrying the whole team, um, you know, and they're going to have to figure out running back too. Um, who do you think in the running back room is going to have the best year? Because they drafted James Cook pretty high. You think he is the Devin Singletary and Zach Moss replacement? You think he's just going to be a bell cow and take him? Take him to the next level? No, I don't think he's big enough. I don't think he's big enough to. Be I, I don't now. think he is either. I think he's going to be a pass catcher, obviously, because uh, that's what he really did well in college. But you know, we still don't know what these running backs are going to do. So I, I think you know, I, I, my pick on the running backs is is Devin Singletary this year. <clears throat> I can see it. How many is he? Is he on the last year of his first of his rookie contract? Yeah. 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 Uh, this is he's first. got a lot to yeah. prove and. I think he just profiles better. I think he has the same skills that Cook does, but I think he's better at all of it. Um, I think drafting Cook is a great idea if I'm the Buffalo Bills general manager, but I think playing Cook is a terrible idea if I'm the Buffalo Bills head coach. Uh, over Singletary, I should say that. I mean, I'm not saying there won't be plays, that there aren't situations, that there aren't packages, um, but I feel like Singletary hasn't really done Anything. He, he hasn't done anything, but he hasn't done anything wrong either. Let me see. Fumbles. He has five fumbles, ten fumbles in his career. That's a problem. I mean, That's a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'm trying to see. He hasn't scored a bunch of touchdowns. He has had ten fumbles. He's only lost two of those. So. And still. I, I, I just feel like there is definitely more to desire from Singletary. I'm not saying he's going to be great. Don't twist this. I just think he'll be the best of what's available. I do think this is an air raid offense, primarily. I don't think there's any running back here that's just going to wow everybody. And I could be completely wrong. But if there was one, I think it'd be Singletary this year for right now. This is what I'm thinking. And don't quote me on this, but because of maybe the lack of power that they have on the receiver side of the offense, that I think they're going to start putting James Cook since he catches the ball so well, like in the slot. Sure. And start kind of using him. But then what do they do with Jamison Crowder? Because that's, that's all he's good for, right? I mean, let's be yeah, honest. Let's be honest. But, I mean, say, say Stefan Diggs gets hurt. They're really going to have to get creative. They don't I have mean, to get that creative. Be lucky. They slide Gabriel Davis up with, to the with to, Diggs. They have been lucky. But they just put Gabriel Davis out to the left. And then, and then who's the wide receiver too? Yeah, that's just scary. I don't know. Maybe Kumaro. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I think James Cook might have the best year, honestly. If I'm asking myself the same question, because sure. I, man, I do not like Singletary. I don't know why. There's just something about him that's just like, well, like what you said. There's just so much to be desired. He has had this job, and it's been his. He's had the opportunities. You know, they drafted Zach Moss, and all we thought was, oh my gosh. Here's this Marshawn Lynch guy. You know, all we're hearing is he's great. He's a bruiser. And then he has just been awful. They, I mean, he's basically cut worthy. And so you have one of the best offenses in the league with one of the worst starting running backs in the NFL. <laughs> That's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, it is I mean, if you, stacked up, if you stacked up Singletary with like the 32 starting running backs week one, he's going to rank in the low tw- or the high 20s or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so I, I just. I feel like they took James Cook that high for a reason. They're just going to get him more involved and hope that he takes Singletary work 
because I hope he does too. That'll make this offense a lot more exciting. We'll see. I think he's a little undersized for me, a little small, but that's fine. We'll see. Yeah. And don't forget that this defense is like top three, top two defense in the entire league. And don't forget they added Von Miller this offseason. Yeah, Remember, they wild. paid I did forget. way up for Von Miller. I did forget. And God, it's like they didn't even need him, but they just added this superstar to their to their team and just like, man, it's going to be really hard to play against the Bills late in the year when the weather starts getting bad and you're in Buffalo. Just expect those to be um, just low-scoring games. I do want to defend Stefan Diggs for one second before we go. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. And I don't have all of the stats in front of me, but I was looking them up as we were talking. No, he's been great. In his last two years I... with Buffalo, he was better than, statistically better, than his last two years with the Vikings. And that's when he was explosive. That's when we were saying he's potentially one of the best wide receivers in football. In his last four years, he's been NFL's top 100 players. Last year was number 11. Yeah, he, no, he, I mean... He might be declining. And I don't, I don't disagree with you. He's going to be 28 years old. That's how much better Josh Allen is than Kirk Cousins. And that's true, too. That's true, too. He might be declining, but I, I could see a world where Stefan Diggs is still an alpha dominant wide receiver one in the NFL period, no matter what team he's on, for another two or three years. And yes, I mean, everything has its ending. We're getting close to the end of Stefan Diggs, right? There's, there's, it's going to yeah. happen. Uh, I actually haven't seen it yet, though. Like, it hasn't happened yet. Line. That's what I'm I just, saying. I'm assuming, it's, I'm assuming it's coming. He came but. to Buffalo and was like 1,500 yards that first year. That does not happen. I, I am a hard fade. We've talked about this before. Anytime a wide receiver, no matter how great they are, moves to a new offense, I'm like, whoa, take a step back. I don't want to touch this. Devontae Adams this year, I'm, honestly, as much crap as I've talked about Devontae Adams, I'm going to take him early. It's going to be, I'm going to be unaffected in fantasy football by the fact that he moved to a different team. They're going to force feed him. You they are to. going to force feed him. The same was true with Stefan Diggs. We have to learn, guys. Like, th- this is the best player on the field. And I think that Stefan Diggs will remain the best player on the field. There's nobody else. There's nobody else. And so, one of the differences with, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you that's off. Okay, there, go ahead. But with Devontae Adams, is they are going to have to throw, throw, throw to keep up in that division. You know, you got the Chiefs and you have the Chargers and the Broncos. All are going to be powerhouse teams. And, Derek Carr is going to have to throw the entire year and who better to throw to than, you know, another arguably best wide receiver in the league than Devontae Adams. That could be a difference. You know, the bills don't have to score 40 to win in this division. They made against the dolphins once, but that, that is a big difference. Um, So I totally agree with the take of Devontae Adams because Derek Carr might throw it 40 times a game because they have to, to stay in games. They're going to play six games a year where, you know, there may be 70, 80 points scored. So will you trade me Derek Carr or not? Because I've been trying to get him from you for like three weeks now. (laughs) As I was saying that, I was sitting here thinking, gosh, I have not gotten back to him about that Derek Carr trade. Jesus. Okay. So we're (laughs) going to go. Yes, I'll trade you Derek Carr. We're going to go. You're going to figure out what it takes for me to get Derek Carr from you. And then we'll meet back up next week with Corey. And maybe we'll have a guest. We'll see. Okay. Perfect. Anything else? No, all good. There you go. Huddle up. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three, three.